This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Youth Baseball Talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer. Welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk, brought to you by my good friends at The Rope Trainer. Make sure you check out theropetrainer.com today, and as our friend John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers, so make sure you check it out. Special thanks again to Chris Verna, Earl Perrin, the whole gang over at uh, The Rope Trainer as they uh, continue to amaze me with uh, the, the lengths they will go to to gather data to show how important this device is in protecting those young arms. So give them an opportunity. Make sure you check it out, theropetrainer.com. And, of course, you'll hear from our friend Dirk uh, Dembroski here shortly with precisionimpact.ca. Won't be long. You'll hear from Kurt McNabb, of course, with his rope report and our good friend Justin Stone from EliteBaseball.tv. I want to thank everybody for joining us this week. Had a – had a lot of good comments on last week's show. It's what I encourage the most. We can't, we can't do this without uh, having conversation. We can't affect the game without having conversation. We can't have change without willing to speak and have a, a, a dialogue, a back and forth, even when we disagree. So I had a lot of great conversations with people on last week's show. Uh, it's prompted me to talk uh, this week about something else that um, – Again, these are things that I see on um, on social media, and then I see them myself, and then I think, you know, this is a, a great topic that needs to be discussed. So uh, this week's show will kind of follow the same thought line as last week of, of things that I see that make me go, you know, for I hate to use that song, but things that make you go, hmm. So I'm um, going to talk a little bit about accountability this week and how important it is. Um, the issue with accountability, in my opinion, especially when you're dealing with athletes, is when do we start holding them accountable? Um, that, to me, is the issue. Sometimes, I mean, not that it's ever too late to, to ask for accountability from players, but when you enable somebody their whole life and then when they get a little older and it's time to, 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 to be who you're supposed to be, if you've been enabled your whole life and allowed to act a certain way, then how in the world are you supposed to be accountable? So um, I'm just curious people's thoughts on it. I read something on Twitter that made me think about it. And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the things you can do at a young age to show accountability. And then a a topic that's very near and dear to my heart because I'm not sure of the answer. So we're going to talk about all that today. Uh, Before we do, I want to remind everybody to check us out at youthbaseballtalk.com. Multiple things you can do there, um, all productive. Number one, you can subscribe to the show, which is absolutely free. It's very simple. You just... When you get to the website there, you'll see one of the banners available is subscribe to the podcast. It's absolutely free. Take you about 30 seconds to a minute. You're done. You'll get a notification on your mobile device every time the new show has been released. And then you can listen to it at your leisure, which is why you like podcasting anyway. Uh, The one thing you can do on there to help us is do your shopping through Amazon, especially all these baseball bats and equipment and all the things that you do. Um, If you're buying it through Amazon, we'd appreciate it if you click that Amazon banner on your computer. It's to your right. On your mobile device, it's all the way down. Uh, Once you click it, you're done with us. You do your shopping. It doesn't cost you anything. We get a very small referral. We'd greatly appreciate it. And, again, um, I do thank you very much for for the people that are doing that. It means a lot to us. Again, it just helps us with some production costs. 
the one thing that a lot of people use the website for is listening to back episodes, uh, kind of like that Netflix thing. I know I can always tell how many people we have that are new to the show because it seems like, you know, we get X amount of downloads every week on every show. And it's people that are new to the show and they want to kind of binge listen, um, pick and choose maybe some things that are that are happening with them. Some of the great guests we've had over the years. But again, I say it all the time. We still have downloads from the very first show we ever did four years ago. So, um, again, thank you to everybody for all they've they've done to help the show grow to the, the you know, the heights that it's 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 gotten to. So, again, it, it, it means a lot to me. So thank you. Um, social media, I enjoy it. Uh, sometimes it can be a great thing. I, we all know social media can also be a little rough, but I love to be in tune with the people that are involved in this great game, and it just gives me uh, perspective. It also gives me ideas on things that are bothering people or things that are going on within the game, and we can talk about it. Uh, today's show will be another example of that. You can find us on Twitter. We are at Podcast Baseball. My ask of you there is to follow us on Twitter. If you're involved at all, if I can see that you're involved at all in the game of baseball or seem to be a parent of a child involved in sports, I'm going to follow you back because, again, if, if you have something to say, I'd like to see it if at all possible. So, again, that's at Podcast Baseball. Uh, Facebook's our big ask, though. Um, you simply go into Facebook, type in Youth Baseball Talk in the search bar. Our big ask is that you like our Facebook page. Click invite your friends and anybody you know involved in this great game. If you click invite on their name, um, we'd greatly appreciate it if they would jump in on the conversation as well. You can find us on Instagram at Youth Baseball Talk. And, of course, you can also find us through lineupmedia.fm. We're so proud to be part of this wonderful network. Check out Yo Radio, the newest Internet radio sensation. Uh, very proud of uh, being a part of that and being on their baseball channel when it's all said and done as, as they keep developing it. Uh, our producers, Brian Crock, Andrew Allen, thank you so much. And, again, um, couldn't do the show without them. Make sure you check out lineupmedia.fm. They take your entertainment time very serious. Um, as we've been doing, too, um, before I get to today's topic, we've had our featured, uh, our featured sponsor of the month. Uh, this month's uh, featured sponsor is our friends at PrecisionImpact.ca. You guys have gotten to know Dirk Dombrowski through the show. Um, you know, they have a wonderful owner, and Phil Chow does such a great job with everything he does uh, for the company. He takes it very serious. Uh, very streamlined and automated business. They outsource all their warehousing and shipping to a third-party logistics company. This helps keep the cost down. Um, they, they, you know, they provide better pricing, warranties than all their competitors. They focus on very few products. They can dedicate more time into the design and support of those products. They do offer volume discounts for schools, colleges. If you're looking to fully stock a new gym, uh, a new team, a facility, let them know and they can help you out. They're building a community through Facebook and YouTube channels, okay? You can have uh, questions answered directly. You can listen to Dirk. Make sure you check them out. Just Google them. Uh, again, uh, you can get directly on our website at precisionimpact.ca. And one of the things that I think is great, they're offering a discount right now for any of the products that you may find that, that will assist with your, uh, with your training and with your baseball practices. Uh, when you check out, you're going to see a coupon code area. You're going to put in Youth Baseball Talk. You're going to receive an additional 10%. Uh, make sure you take advantage of that, and again, you'll see some of the weighted balls, the sand balls that you hit, and that provide resistance. Just a lot of, you know, a lot of good tools that uh, you see people using a lot these days, as it becomes more and more important as we train these young baseball players to become the best players they can be. So again, make sure you check out PrecisionImpact.ca. You're going to hear something a little bit different from my friend Dirk this week. A little bit of a motivational speech. Uh, you know, between everything Dirk does uh, within the game of baseball, now he, you know, it's that time, and he's doing some coaching. Um, interesting speech here. I want you to listen to it. Maybe you can pick a few things out of this and use it as we're all heading kind of into that season. 
Uh, take some bits and pieces from this and do with it what you will. But let's hear from our good friends over at PrecisionImpact.ca and, of course, everyone's favorite, Dirk Dembrowski. Take it away, pal. We're not trying to ever survive a baseball game. We're trying to thrive. Right? We don't we don't go up against a competitor and think, well, let's let's make it to the last inning and like hopefully we have you know just you know reduce the damage. We don't we don't ever want to think like that. When we approach any any adversity, anything like this, we want to dominate. Right? I guarantee you there aren't a lot of guys working this hard on a Sunday afternoon. Right? And I I was talking to a couple of guys earlier in the cages, and I'm sure the coaches can agree with me. And in order for us to be as successful as the coaches know you can be, we've got to be different. We've got to do something different. We can't just mimic the black team and think, well, if we do what they do, we can beat them. We've got to be different. We've got to be better. We've got to work harder. We've got to figure out ways to be successful, right? On top of your skill and talent you already have, we need to be better. We need to be different in order to win as much as I believe we can. I mean, I'm, I expect to win every game might not absolutely happen, but I'm never going to go and show up to a field not expecting us to win. And neither should you. So if you, I need you guys to start working now to prepare for when it really matters. This is, this is just the beginning. Right? This is day one. This is round one. We have a lot of work to do to become as great as I know you guys can be. If you think you're perfect now, there is, you're, you know, you're, you're working at 30% right now. When you look back at the end of the season after doing these conditioning, some of this other stuff the coaches and I will be doing with you guys, you're going to be totally different athletes. It's all right. Totally different athletes, guys. And it's, if, you, if, you, if you expect, I mean, I've got, a, I've got a profile for you guys to fill out that has your hopes and your dreams. Do you guys want to play college baseball? Do you want to go on and play professionally? Do you want to play at one of the most elite teams around here in the country? Do you want to join the junior national team? It's not going to happen by accident. Ask, ask Dave, ask Coop. They've all played professionally in junior national team. Do you think they just copied the person next to them and hope for the best? You've got to be different. You have to. And it starts with something little like this. And if you really want that dream, you can say it, but doing it's totally different. If you really want it, I'm going to see you guys showing up with your game faces on at practice. Not just when it matters, not oh well practice is lame. I hate practice. That is not the point, guys. I want to see you guys pump for practice. If you cannot be scared of the process. Yeah, I want to make a million bucks, but if I if I'm not willing to do what it takes to make that money, it's a, it's just a ludicrous dream. But once you once you back engineer a plan, which is what we're doing now, we're back engineering our plan for you guys to be as great as I know you can be. And that doesn't scare you. What we're doing here doesn't scare you. Some of the practices we're gonna have doesn't scare you. Man, sky's the limit. You guys can play on that team, get on that scholarship, go Division One. But you gotta pay the price. That's it. If you don't want it, this is gonna be pretty easy for you guys. Sitting on the bench, watching all these other guys achieve their dreams. But I imagine you guys were not selected for this team because you wanted to be bench warmers or because you wanted mediocrity. I hope you guys, when I look at your guys' player profiles that we're going to be talking about, I hope, I hope to see some crazy dreams. Playing professionally, knowing the school, the coach's name, and the player that has your position right now in Division One. That's the plan. If you know the school you want to go to, the head coach's name, and the players that are in your position right now, that tells me that you're serious. How's everybody feeling? How you feeling, bud? 
who happens to sit out, right? No, no, it's just, it's a, it's a chemical thing, right? And, and trust me, I do this for a living. That guy, in my opinion, probably worked the hardest out of everybody. I'm not saying you guys have to impress me, that's just not the case. But biologically, I bet some of you guys, as soon as you felt that feeling, you held back. I, I've, I've done this fucking hundred times, and I puked probably 30. Right, and that's just because I wasn't afraid of hard work. Yeah, it felt crap, don't, don't get me wrong, guys. But I wasn't afraid of the consequences of hard work or just busting my ass. Great stuff, and uh, again, very, very proud to have Dirk as a part of the show and what he brings to the program. Uh, I know people really do appreciate uh, his commentary and, and all the things that he, that he says and does because in the end, you know, we're just trying to, um, we're just trying to figure out a way to help all these, these, young, these young people become the, better ba the best baseball players they can be. But it, along the way, we're also trying to help coaches and parents and, and everybody understand. It's not easy sometimes to understand what a kid goes through uh, when, it, when it is time for them to step out on the field and deal with all the things and the pressure that we put on them as parents and coaches. So I appreciate Dirk very much, and uh, especially my friends. Again, check them out, precisionimpact.ca. Don't forget at the end to type in Youth Baseball Talk in the coupon area and receive your additional 10%. Today's show, accountability. Um, I want to talk about it because I see it way far too often. We see kids who, um, you know, uh, and I don't think they mean to be, but might be poor teammates, uh, may not channel the energy in the way that they should. They may, not, uh, they may not approach the game the way they should. They may not be the teammate to, uh, you know, whether it be high school, college, even in the pros. You know, how are we approaching the process? Where does it start? Like when you see a kid that seems to struggle with the mental part of the game, where did it start? Um, uh, the things that you – should be doing if you care enough about this game how do you get you know like if it's your dream to play in college or if god if you're lucky enough to be so talented that you're being looked at as a possible pro prospect uh you know in the draft process what are the things that you're doing what separates you from other kids well some of that stuff is pretty pretty basic you know watch the kids that do get recruited by the higher end schools watch the kids that do uh have the opportunity to play minor league baseball and then possibly make it to the pros well, the number one thing is they're obviously uber-talented. We all know that. Okay, and it's, We're not surprising anybody with this conversation when it comes to that part of it. Okay, The thing is, there's a lot of talented kids out there. Okay, We have a lot of talented kids. Now, when you start talking about the best of the best of the best, okay, well, I mean, there's X amount of kids and they get an opportunity. There are things that separate some of these kids, some of these things that we're going to talk about today. But how do you build that? Some kids... You know what? They, they just have drive. They have competitive desire. Some kids have all that, and they don't channel it correctly, and they, you know, they, they, they feel like this is a certain way to show emotion and a, a certain way to go about the way you play the game, and it's counterproductive sometimes. So I saw this tweet, and I, I thought it was interesting, and um, I'm not saying I, I like the, using the baby picture on the, on, the, on the glove, but that's fine. I understand what they were doing here, but... It says, how to ensure your son won't be recruited when he grows older. Let him grow up throwing equipment, using bad body language, not hustling, talking back to coaches, parents, looking in the stands during games, blaming others for his shortfalls, focusing on himself, cussing, and emotional outbursts on the field or in the dugout. Coaches and parents must hold all players accountable from the start. All right, so I'm going to start from the end of the, 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 the comment, and I'm going to start with the very first thing, okay? 
I can promise you as I sit here today, a coach is never going to be able to hold a player accountable if the parents don't. And let me tell you why. The majority of the problems that I see that revolt, that, that result in getting to the point to where a coach cannot control a player, it started at home. And what are the things that we see happen routinely that is sad? We, could, we routinely see parents blame other people for their kids' problems, especially in baseball. This coach doesn't know what he's doing. He's not putting him in a position to succeed. Um, I don't know why he's doing this. He's playing my kid in the outfield, but he's an infielder. He's not a pitcher. Um, why can't he bat in the top of the lineup? He bats in the bottom. Boy, when he puts my kid into pitch, he's got the, the, the lesser players on the field. They don't make plays behind him. It hurts his confidence. Why can't? Why, 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 why? Instead of looking at the kids and saying, hey, go out there and play. Go out there and work hard. Go out there and do the things that are necessary. And, you know, we talk out of both sides of our mouth as parents. We do. Hey, do this, do this. But, man, the minute something goes wrong, we start looking for excuses because it can't be the fact that our kid failed, right? It can't be. And what are we really teaching them when we take that attitude? It's not good. I don't care what anybody says. It's not good. Here's what I always tell people all the time. My kid can fail just like your kid can fail, my kid can have success, your kid can have success. Nobody's immune to it. The game's really, really hard. My kid's not going to make every play. Your kid's not going to make every play, nor do I expect him to make every play. What I expect from him is to work really hard, give me, his, give me all the effort he can to be a good team. These are the things that we expect. But somewhere along the line, winning became so important that we started putting some of this stuff to the side in the name of winning. Now, again, we're back to winning, losing, development, all that kind of stuff again. But it really doesn't matter. You can do it all, I promise you. But at some juncture, what culture are you building around these kids and at what age? Now, if the parents won't hold the player accountable, the kid, their son, daughter, whatever the case may be, how is a coach supposed to? Because the parent's going to undermine the coach if they're going to take this stance, Right? I mean, think about it. Have you ever done it? Have you ever went to a coach and said, oh, you just don't understand my kid? Or, well, you know, what do you expect from him? He's 10. Or what do you expect? He's, he cares. He's got passion. What do you expect? What do you expect? What do you expect? Well, let me tell you what I expect. <laughs> I expect respect because I give it, right? Oh, well, that's another thing. Respect is earned. As a coach, you haven't earned respect. What do you mean I haven't earned respect? <laughs> I'm out here giving of my time to your son and trying to do the best I can to help him. Okay, so it starts at home. If you can't ask your son or daughter to be accountable at, at, at home, especially, when, and again, I'm not even talking about your, what's going on inside your, your four walls. I'm talking about when it's time to go play baseball or another sport. You know, if, if you see your son, this, is, this always kills me. If you're sitting on the other side of the fence and you see your son throw a tantrum, you see your son throw a helmet, use foul language, uh, do something on the field, and your tact is, well, that's coach's job. That's between the lines. And you don't address it at home? Well, how do you think it's ever going to get fixed? You're basically sending a message to your son or daughter that it's okay. They have to know that it's not tolerated in their life, much less between the lines of a baseball diamond. Some of these things are, are, are statements within the, within the quotes that should be Fairly simple. I mean, throwing equipment's the number one thing. 
Think about how easy that is. How easy is it when a kid throws his helmet, a bat, a glove in anger or frustration to say, hey, have a seat? Have a seat. How hard is that? Well, I'll tell you why it's hard. It's hard because a lot of times, sometimes it's your best player. Let me ask you, what kind of message do you think you would send to the other kids and the player if he was your best player and he threw a tantrum and you said, have a seat? And he didn't go back in the rest of the game. And then after the game, like a true adult, you went and said, do you know why I sat you? Don't address it right then. Tell him to have a seat. They're probably too emotionally charged. You're probably too emotionally charged. Just say, hey, I need you to have a seat. After the game, said, you know why I sat Yeah, this is why. And I'm not going to tolerate it. And here's why I'm not going to tolerate it. Let me explain to you why it's not good for you. Okay? So here's the deal. I'm going to give you another chance because you're young and everybody deserves chances. I'm going to give you another chance. But if it happens again, I'm going to sit you again. And now this time you're going to sit when it happens. And then you're going to sit a game. Then we're going to get your parents involved in a conversation because if it continues to happen, then we're going to have to start talking about multiple games. And I don't want to do that to you without you understanding the parameters. How hard would that be to do? It's only hard, okay, if he's a good player and you might lose. I've seen so many players that are really, really good get away with murder at the youth level, and I don't understand it. I promise you it doesn't take long to fix. No kid wants to sit on the bench and not play and watch his friends play. Now, for all the parents out there, let's say you're, and I say this honestly, let's say you're lucky enough to have a coach willing to do that because it should be a foregone conclusion, but it's not. So let's just say you're lucky enough that your son plays for either a team, coach, organization, whatever it may be, that has a no-tolerance policy for stuff like this. It doesn't matter if you're the best player or the worst player. Let's just say you're fortunate enough, right? It co gets completely lost if when the game's over if you don't back up the coach. And I'm here to tell you, I don't care what the situation is. I don't care if you think the coach is wrong. I don't care about your extenuating circumstances. I don't even care if, well... He did it to my kid, but not another kid. Aren't you, listen, be concerned with your kid. Maybe the coach missed it with another kid. Maybe he made a mistake. Why do you care? Aren't you worried about your son or daughter? Why are we always so worried about everybody else? Why don't we worry about ourselves first? Fix our, let's fix our problems, then we'll solve the world's problems. How about that? I've always wondered about that. You know, talking back to coaches, parents, you know, uh, <laughs> most of these conversations should be one-sided. It should never be tolerated. Again, it's no different than throwing helmets, throwing equipment, okay? Though, I just To me, it seems self-explanatory, okay? And again, as a coach, if you're sitting there having a conversation with a kid and all the kid wants to do is argue with you, have a seat. Have a seat. Okay, there shouldn't be. I mean, these are all things that should be ingrained at a young age, but it starts at home and it starts with us backing up. This is how it's going to be. Now, as a coach, there's no doubt you need to lay the framework for a no tolerance policy. You need to do that. But then you also, as a coach, have to be. And I just mentioned it a minute ago. 
I don't think parents should care about other kids. But you're going to lose credibility if you don't hold every kid to the same standard. So I'm going to give you that little disclaimer right now. Okay. Moving forward on this, though, they, they, they speak about not looking in the stands. Let me tell you something, folks. You can go to any baseball diamond across this country and you can find that kid that looks in the stands every time he does something, whether it's good or bad, looking for approval from mom or dad or even if it's coach. You can't help them out there between the lines. Okay, if your son or daughter's that one, don't pull that power trip. Man, he, he looks up there for that vote of confidence from me. You're not doing yourselves any favor there, folks. Okay, have a have a have a conversation with your son or daughter and say, listen, I'm proud of you no matter what you do. I'm just enjoying watching you. You just worry about you play and have fun. You don't have to worry about what I'm doing in the stands. I'm just there to watch you play. That'll go a long way. If they the game's hard enough. If they feel like they're out there with you on their back and everybody else on their back, you know, they've got a coach that's already demanding of them, or he should be. They certainly don't need to be serving 100 different masters. If you have a son or daughter that is one of these that stares into the stands looking for you, you need to help nip that in the bud. Okay? They need to just be concerned with playing. They don't need to be concerned with whether or not you're happy with them at that moment. Okay? They should know in their heart that you're happy regardless. If they don't, Good luck. I wish you luck. And I know there's some of you going, nope, not my son, not my daughter. They need that. They need that look. They, he gets that look from me, and he just turns it on to another level. He turns his hat around like Sylvester Stallone in that movie, and he goes to work when I give him that look. Come on. Give me a break. Silliest thing I've ever heard. And I've heard people say it. Um, blaming others. So again, another thing that starts at home, I promise you. I promise you. They learned it somewhere. Most of these things are things that are learned. Behavior. It's learned behavior. Start somewhere else. Sometimes it, it does come from certain players. And as a coach, if you allow it to go on, again, we're back to being consistent. Okay? How did it start? You might be a parent out there going, man, I tell you, my kid's caught in this trap, and I promise you we didn't do it at home. Well, guess what? It may have happened from him being around kids on his team that were allowed to do it. That's a very real possibility. So as a coach, what are you doing to hold everybody accountable and be consistent? Always need to do things to show kids on a team that it is about team and not about self. I talked to a coach one time that told me no matter how good the players were, he always made sure players bunted in certain situations no matter where they were at in the lineup and he because uh, he always wanted people to know they weren't above the team. He always moved kids around. He always sat kids. He always did it in an effort to show people. You know, he said every year he picked and he, he picked and choosed when he did it, but he said, you know, he'd have a runner on second base and his best hitter would be up and he'd have him bunting the third just to remind him this is a team sport. He'd sit some of his better players in big games to say, hey, support these guys just like they support you when they play. Just in an effort to teach, to never allow a kid to feel like he was bigger than the team. I thought it was an interesting thing. You, it's hard to find that these days. Not going to find it. It's a really tough thing. You have to find ways to teach. Sometimes it doesn't always work out for you in the win-loss columns, but you've got to find ways to teach. Emotional outbursts. The easiest thing in the world to fix, and we talked about throwing helmets. That's an emotional outburst. On the field, 
punching things, throwing things. It's easy fix. But I ask you, I mean, is there anything in life that if you allow it to go on for the formidable years that is easy to fix when they're older? Think about some of the habits you may have as an adult. I mean, where did they start? And once they start, how hard are they to stop, especially if they're just reactionary things, right? You can start with a lot of small things. You don't like, you know, hanging around the dugout. Get a, get a, get out of there. Get out of there. Give your kid everything they need before practice and game starts. You don't need to be carrying waters and Gatorades into the dugout and towels. If they need it, let them take care of it. I don't care how old they are. Quit acting like they're babies. They can do this. It's not always easy to look at your kid when it's really hot and say, well, I guess next time you'll, you know, hey, who's had this conversation with their kid? Well, hey, it was cold. Yeah, well, you know, I tried to get you to wear more clothes, but you were more concerned with playing Xbox before we left. Maybe next time you'll get your stuff together. Maybe you'll take 15 minutes to go through your bag, make sure you have everything you need, get yourself a water, get yourself a snack for the bench, because I'm not bringing it to you during the game. It's hard to do it a few times, but eventually they'll learn. How do you learn anything? No matter what it is in life, if people keep cleaning up your messes for you, what are you eventually going to do? You're going to let people clean up your messes for you. You're not going to take care of yourself. I don't understand why this is so hard. I, I take that back. I do understand why it's hard. Let me tell you why it's hard. It's hard because we allow it to go on when it's better players. Happens all the time. How did we fall into that mess? I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. Somebody's got to explain it to me. You know, I, listen, I'm not perfect. I guarantee I've done it. I promise you at some juncture, I probably didn't look at a situation the right way. I promise you that I may have approached something the wrong way or, or missed something, really. You know, that's another thing in the end. I mean, you know, you're coaching a team, you're coaching a game, you're doing this, you don't see everything all the time, so you miss some things. See, that's the other reason I was saying earlier. You know, sometimes little things get missed by coaches. Very realistic. Kind of stinks, but it is realistic. I go to the game, you know, of course I have been involved in all kinds of different um, all kinds of different uh, scenarios. But let me tell you something. When it comes to what I really want and why I'm there, I mean, my first and foremost thing is my kid. I mean, let's face it, it that's, that's not even really selfish. It's really the deal, okay? I appreciate everybody that's ever tried to help them. I appreciate everybody that's ever tried to, to, to do anything positive for them. I appreciate anybody that's ever taken the time to assist with anything. I, I mean... I, I, I will tell you that I've been in those situations before where I sat there as a parent and thought, man, my kid's not getting treated the same as another kid. And I'm very sure, even at some juncture, I may have looked at it and thought, this is bull, this is bull crap. I'm sure. But I know this. In the end, what I really wanted and what I really needed was for my son to be held accountable. Now, is that good for everybody? 
Well, I don't know. Like I said, if if a coach is allowing another kid because he was a better player to get away with stuff because he was a better player, well, then, you know, I can't comment for sure on what's going to happen with this kid or that kid in the future. Then that's why I'm saying I can only control for sure what happens with my kid. And then as a coach, I, I really wanted to feel like I had control over the kids that played for me as far as the impact when it came to something like this. Was I perfect? No. Did I have some things go on that I probably missed? Absolutely. Did I not handle some situations correct? Absolutely. But I want to look back on it and say, you know, for the most part, I feel like I held my kids as accountable as I could at that time. Probably, you know, wish I would have handled some things different. If it was a career for me, I would hope I'd be getting better at it every day. I would say, though, to be completely honest with you, I will say, there is a part of me that absolutely wishes I had a forum like this when I was just getting started so that I could hear some of these things and say, you know what? <laughs> Man, that makes a lot of sense. Man, that makes a lot of sense. Hmm. And I wish I would have looked at this a little bit different from the beginning. Huh. So, you know, and again, that's just me kind of speaking out loud, talking about, some of the different things that are going on only because I'm already seeing it and you see it and you kind of shake your head and go, man, I don't, I don't understand this. Well, it all started somewhere. And if you're a youth coach, don't let it start with you. And that's really my only thoughts on the subject other than think about it. I mean, I shared the tweet on, uh, on, on my Twitter page at podcast baseball, read it. And, and you know, what's funny when you read it, it sounds so simple. I mean, like, you know, I'm going to read it again. How to ensure your son won't be recruited when he grows older. Let him grow up throwing equipment, using bad body language, not hustling, talking back to coaches, parents, looking in the stands during games, blaming others for his shortfalls, focusing on self, cussing and emotional outbursts on the field or dugout. Coaches and parents must hold all players accountable from the start. And I'm going to tell you two things. Number one, when you read that out loud, the majority of people are going, well, yeah, no kidding. Right? No kidding. Sounds simple. <laughs> it's amazing how hard it is, though. Okay? And here's the worst part. And there's a whole nother show in this one. The sad part is there's a little bit of there's there's a little bit about this tweet that's false. Because we all know there are kids who get recruited that throw equipment, that use bad body language, that don't hustle, that talk back to coaches and parents that look in the stands, that blame others, that focus on themselves, that have emotional outbursts and use foul language, and that have never been held accountable. That's the reality, folks. An uber-talented kid gets away with it. But I assure you, I assure you, it catches up with everybody at some juncture in some form of life. There may be a few that get away with it their entire life, and you sit there and go, man. But here's the real thing on that. Is that what you really want for your son or daughter? To get away with murder? Is that what you really want? Because they're great? I mean, do you ever sit back and think how proud you are of the fact that they get away with all this stuff and nobody holds them accountable because of how good they are at hitting a brown baseball or throwing a baseball or fielding a baseball or playing hockey or basketball or shooting a basketball or throwing a football or running around the, the track, whatever it is. It'd be grades. Doesn't matter. This is about being the best person you can be and involving it in what your passion is 
Because again, this all kind of comes back to what I've always said. Do not underestimate the life lessons that can be learned, whether it be through sports or anything that involves the things that we do each and every day. And that's really kind of where I was coming from, only because what are we really doing here? Now, I, I know there's some people out there trying to build a bigger, better athlete, and they really think that their kid's going to be a professional this or that, and they may be. But, man, aren't we trying to build a good person? Aren't we trying to help nurture a young man or woman into being something we can be proud of off the baseball field as well as we do on? Anyway, just something I thought. I've seen some things go on that have made me go, man, it's a shame. And I just wonder, you know. You know, what's funny, too, is some of the stuff, not bad kids. I mean, a lot of potential to be great kids. I don't know. It's odd. I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, and again, no way, shape, or form am I perfect, but there there, there comes a time where a parent's got to be a parent and a coach has to be a coach, and we're not their friend all the time. We just can't be. I mean, it's it's. there's nothing wrong. I see people say, I'm not my kid's friend. Well, yes, you are. Okay, and, and you should be to some extent. But you also have to coach. You got to be a parent. You have to be the caretaker. You got to be the guy. You got to be the teacher. You got to be the teacher at all times. Got to be the caregiver at all times. Okay? I tell my kids sometimes, hey, I, I'm not, I can't be your friend right now. Okay? I got to be your parent. I got to be your caretaker. I got to be the person that says, while I understand why you think this is okay and while I understand why you think this is what you want, I got I to gotta tell you why it's not good. And yes, sometimes you have to take away things that they love in order to show them how important what you're trying, what your message is, what you're trying to teach them is. As a coach, it's the same thing. You can only take away the one thing that you know. If they're there and it's this serious, then they obviously love it. And if they don't, they're in the wrong spot. Okay? When you hear professional athletes talk about suspensions and things like that, what do they always say? It's, it's the one thing you can take away from these guys is playing. That hurts them. Because the ones that have money don't care about a fine. And now we live in a day and age where everybody plays, right? We got rosters with 10 kids on it. Everybody plays. You know, that's the thing that's near and dear to my heart as far as whether or not trying to figure out if that's right or wrong. We've built up a society of baseball players that think they show up to every game and play. We've done it. I've been a big part of it. I've talked about it on the show before. There is no, at 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, for the most part, there is no showing up to the diamond and wondering if you've done enough in the last couple days at practice or in the, or in the last couple games to ensure that you're in the lineup for this game. There's nothing. In fact, it's the other way around. If you're not then there's going to be hell to pay. I drove all the way out here. My kid didn't play. Sat on the bench the whole time. And my kid's better than him. And my kid, well, what about him? He's not doing this and da-da-da-da-da. We've built that culture. For the most part, I'm sure there's plenty of good people and programs out there that do it both ways, of course, but there's some out there that have multiple, more than nine, ten kids on a roster and they bat nine or ten or whatever. But it's something else, I'm here to tell you. Here to tell you. These are things to think about, folks, when you're, you know, 
when you're thinking about, okay, how do I make him a better pitcher? How do I make him a better fielder? How do I make him a better hitter? I hope you're thinking, how do I help him become a better athlete? Let's also throw in there, how do I make sure he's a good teammate, a kid that works hard, a respectful player, a kid that's respectful on and off the diamond? How do I make sure of that just as much? How do I make sure he's the kind of kid that we can be proud of both on and off the field and he can be and he or her can be proud of themselves? How do we how do we do that too? You know, how do we make sure that grades are important? How do we make sure being who they are is just as important as who they are on the field? So anyway, just some thoughts on that. Saw it, thought it was interesting. Um, I've seen some stuff go on lately and it just made me think, well, something we need to talk about for sure. Time now to go to our friend, Kurt McNabb. Uh, again, you guys know the show is brought to you by The Rope Trainer. I encourage you to check out theropetrainer.com. As John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. Check it out today. Uh, we're going to hear from Kurt McNabb this week as he's back uh, with his rope report, brought to you by, of course, our friends at The Rope Trainer and all the gang at Dirtbag Baseball Nation. Take it away, Kurt. Thanks, Jim. And all dirtbags. Who's ready for the real season to get going? I know I am, and the rest of us here at Dirtbag Baseball Nation are as well. Lots of exciting expectations for the 2018 season, from how many home runs will be hit by the Twin Towers in New York, to whether or not the Astros can repeat as World Series champions, to the next wave of exciting and, quite honestly, potentially electrifying rookies. There's some exciting ones out there, and I can't wait to get this season started, so I can imagine you're all in the same boat. Now, as you know, I was in Tampa last week for spring training with a group of high school-age players that we always take down every year at this time. And while we were there, we took in some college games between our practices and games. As I walked around the complex and looked at several of the bullpen areas, I was very excited to see how many programs were actually implementing the rope trainer. I was very pleased that these coaching staffs took pride in their pitchers' arm health and mechanical development. It's great to see that coaches are listening and taking the right steps to help these young pitchers prevent arm injuries by using the rope. On my last episode of the Rope Report, I told you I'd be talking about acceleration and deceleration muscles and how it's important to build a balance between them in order to maximize a pitcher's full potential. You need to understand the real importance of why developing these muscles properly is vital to your overall success as a pitcher. I will let you know right now that I can only scratch the surface here on the rope report because of time. So you can contact me afterwards to dive into this more in detail by emailing me, as always, at info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com or by messaging, messaging me directly on Facebook at Dirtbag Baseball Nation. That's at Dirtbag Baseball Nation. Now, I'm going to give you a mental image to think about in regards to acceleration and deceleration muscles. Most amateur pitchers end up developing their beach muscles or mirror muscles, and then they neglect to build their back, behind, the quads, and calf muscles because they don't get to see them, so it's not as attractive as standing there in front of that mirror or being at the beach and seeing those big pecs and those biceps and all that type of stuff, your hammies, or sorry, your quads instead of your hammies, etc. All right? So, when we do this, the problem is we have two negative things that can happen. One, you're only building half of your body, and so your strength and power is not going to be equal. 
This is going to lead you to a way higher potential for injury. And it should make sense. If half my body is super strong and the other half is neglected, every time I'm doing an action, there's a counteraction and it just it cannot end in good results. So your stronger and more powerful side is going to be pulling and tearing apart your weaker side. And when we think about this or relate this to the pitching motion, it's a firing and an explosive motion over and over again. Eventually, over time, the weaker side simply has to give out. It, it, it just has no choice. It, it gives up because it knows that it cannot sustain the power side of it. All right? And this is where the injuries happen. All right? It can be to your arm or body. Two, you think that you're powerful and strong because your front side muscles look that way every time you look in the mirror. But in reality, your brain knows the real truth, and that's that your deceleration muscles aren't strong enough to allow your acceleration muscles to fire to their full potential, or your body will, again, break apart. It has no idea. It just, that's where the injuries happen. It's the body knows that over repeated amounts of time, it just can't withstand this, and so if you don't stop, it has to come up with a way to make you stop. Therefore, the injury. I hope that can make sense. It has to make sense. And we've got to understand it, okay? So another way of looking at it is this. If your acceleration muscles are strong enough to throw 90 miles an hour, again, your acceleration muscles are strong enough to throw 90 miles an hour, but your deceleration muscles are only strong enough to support 80 miles an hour, then that's how hard you're ultimately going to throw until you can balance the strength and the power between your acceleration and deceleration muscles. If it knows, if your arm can only slow down at an 80, to 80 mile an hour, but you're strong enough to throw 90, it, it, it's only going to go 80. It's just, it's a fact. It, it simply is because just like brakes on a car, if your brakes are running out, um, you know, you're not going to go as fast because you know you don't have as much brake to slow down and you're going to cause an accident. So it's the same idea, same cause and effect. All right. I'm telling you right now, point blank, get on this program. And when you start strengthening, these muscles are going to be weaker and you're going to feel how weak these muscles are. So again, that's your back, that's your lats, the back of your shoulders probably, your, your lower back, your behind, your uh, hamstrings, all the way down to your calves. They're going to be there because we haven't worked them in the past. So they're just weaker. So you're going to feel it and you're going to want to cheat or you're going to want to quit. All right. And you're never going to reach your full potential until you get these muscles all balanced and all worked out. Okay. The reality is, though, that's all always up to you and you alone. But as you all know, being a dirtbag, no matter where you live, is about being accountable at all times. So get your mind right by getting up, getting after it, and getting dirty every day. That's why I have it. That's why we have it. It makes sense. Believe in it. Get after it, gentlemen, coaches, parents, players. Don't be sitting around and saying, oh, I'll do it tomorrow or crying and making excuses. It doesn't cut it. And you know that. So don't be that person. 
I can guarantee you that if you're willing to commit to this, that you will feel your power, your strength, your flexibility, and your mind grow immediately. Don't do anything crazy with the weight to use, or you use, sorry, but build it naturally and progressively over time. Don't, don't, don't get it all done the next day because you're going to end up being injured or super sore and that's going to make you quit as well. You've got to enjoy the process, but when you enjoy it, you're going to feel the process every time you do it. And you're going to feel stronger and you're going to see the results of your velocity, but your overall health go up. All right. As I mentioned, the first of the episode, I don't have the time to go completely into this pro part of the program or our program. So you can contact me if you're really interested in being the best pitcher you can be. I'll go over it in detail, what you need to do, as well as help motivate you in the early stages of this process. Because I know it's a challenge, and that's what I'm willing to do. That's what we have to do. Greatness is never easy. So we are here, as always, to support you every step of the way. But all you have to do is actually take the first step and contact me. Please remember, Dirtbags, you can get your rope trainer by going to www.theropetrainer.com and be sure to enter Dirtbag5 at checkout. That way they're going to know you heard about it here on The Rope Report. I tell people all the time because I believe it and know it to be true. The rope will become the best throwing buddy you'll ever have. It never says no to throwing with you. It doesn't fill your head with an overload of useless information like a coach or parent can possibly do. It gives you honest feedback every time you use it in order to be able to self-correct. That's what's exciting about the whole thing. All right? I had the rope in my bag at all times, and I'm telling you that you need to as well. It needs to be in your bag just like your cleats, batting gloves, helmet, and glove. And once you realize and feel how important it is to your overall development, you're not going to leave it. Sorry, you're not going to leave home without it. It's as simple as that. I guarantee it. I've seen it over and over again with the players that we work with personally and, and physically right one-on-one -on -one or in groups. Once they buy in, once they get it and understand it, they're all over it. Take care for now and have a fantastic week, Dirtbags. I can't thank you enough for listening and all the support in helping the nation grow. You have my personal guarantee that we always have each other and every one of your best interests in mind at all times. So until next week, I want you to keep growing mentally by continuing to get up, get after it, and get dirty every single day. Great stuff, great stuff. Enjoy it. Uh, again, I hope you guys are enjoying the rope report. It, it means a lot to me that Kirk's involved in the show. I think the rope guys did a great job choosing Kirk. He's so passionate. You can hear hear it in his voice, how much he loves the game of baseball, how much he loves to teach a game of baseball. Make sure you give him an, a, an opportunity when you check out theropetrainer.com. Um, again, uh, my good friend and yours, Justin Stone, provides us with the EliteBaseball.tv training tip of the week each week. Uh, he's jet-setting across the country right now. Uh, they're all over the place teaching the game of baseball. Um, you don't have to be there. You can do it right from the confines of your living room or your, or your, or your workspace. Make sure you check out EliteBaseball.tv and incorporate it into your training. We've had some people uh, lately reach out and say, hey, I'm doing this. How do you want me to go about doing this? I'm telling you, the way this thing is set up, you guys can use it and, and really make a lot of progress with your team and your, or your individual player or who you are. Check it out, EliteBaseball.tv. Take it away, Justin.
Thanks, Tim. Justin Stone here from EliteBaseball.tv. And my segment right now is Where in the World is, is Justin Stone? I'm coming to you from Europe. Just left spring training. Now I'm across the pond doing some spring training of itself uh, in London. And what I was thinking about piggybacks off of some of the social media posts that Jim has been making, and it made me think, you know, the old adage, if a tree falls in the woods and nobody hears it, does it make a sound? Well, think of it this way. If a bunch of youth baseball players were playing at a field and nobody was there to watch, would anybody come home upset? When we used to get out and play in the yard, sure, there were little fights in between players, and of course we all wanted to do well, but at the end of the day, after the bickering got over, it was usually a, uh, a sock off the garden hose, some lemonade, and then some cookies, right? We were all just having fun. We were playing a game that we would loved to play because we loved to play it. And then something happens that puts pressure on athletes, whether it's the competitive setting of more people around, but more so, you can go, probably tell where I'm going with this, parents. So here's what I have for you today as your seasons are starting. It's just a simple word of perspective. Keep in perspective what your child is trying to do in a pressure setting the way it is. They're trying to please everyone around them, from their coaches to their peers and certainly their parents. So the added pressure of saying extra things to them, whether it's even criticizing their performance, uh, even in a helpful manner, can sometimes be looked at in a different realm as an athlete by just failure. So you have to know the personality of your child. There are some children that can handle criticism and are used to being coached by mom or dad and, and that all works fine but many of them can't and so it's trying to pick that time on when do we really need to talk about the game or do we need to talk about the game at all you know you can wait two or three days to the next time you practice with their son and i or daughter and i guarantee that they still have these thoughts fresh in their mind of what happened during that game and if they didn't that's probably a good thing for the fact they've moved on they enjoyed the game for what it was and they're ready to play the next one. Boy, I had an interesting experience this week myself of having my first t-ball practice. And all the stuff that I do in baseball, because I just got finished in spring training working with minor league and major league players, and I was more nervous to work with five- and six-year-olds. Why? I was inexperienced at it. You know, here I am as a dad coach, coaching my daughter amongst, amongst a bunch of boys, and I'm kind of a fish out of water. I've never coached five- and six-year-olds in this grand scheme. So the main thing for me was making sure that they had fun, making sure that it was more about pumping up their, their enthusiasm of the game and pump, pumping up their self-importance within the game, meaning if we can build self-esteem through baseball, and that is something you can do with your son or daughter after the game, then we can keep in perspective what we're really trying to do. Yeah, we're trying to get them better. We want to see them have success because we think that's what makes them happier. But in reality, most of them are just wanting to play a game they really enjoy to do and want to feel good about themselves while they do it. So the perspective of keeping in mind hard-hit balls versus how many hits did you get, thinking about some things they did positively of backing up bases versus the air they made. There's always positive things within every game that we can point out. And if there is a negative where they just surely weren't trying or they had a bad attitude or things like that. Now, granted, those are things that can be pointed out as life lessons in any sport, not just baseball. And I think those are important things to learn, too, under the right circumstances and timing, meaning you, the, the right timing to push back on an athlete that has thrown a temper tantrum isn't going to be right after the temper tantrum. It's going to be down the road trying to get them to reflect on their behavior a little bit. So as we get started in the season this year, 
try to keep everything in perspective and think about when we were out on the field just playing with our friends, playing the 150 games a year that we did that were unorganized versus the 15 that we played that were organized, there wasn't any pressure on us. Our parents weren't out watching. We were playing because we loved the game and had fun. Try to put your son or daughter in that position. Let them play. Let them have fun. Back off the pedal a little bit and see how much they can grow when they feel their own enthusiasm about the game spread intrinsically as well as the self-esteem that we can boost them up along the way. So until next time, this is Justin Stone coming to you from Europe. I'll be back in the States with you for our next report, and we'll see you on the field. Can't thank all the guys over at EliteBaseball.tv enough uh, for their contributions to the show each and every week. And, of course, our good friend Justin Stone. Um, uh, I'll say it again. If you ever get the opportunity to see him speak in person at a clinic or a coach's convention or anything, do it. Um, you'll be ready to go out and play baseball if there's a 10 feet of – 10 feet of snow and it's 20 degrees outside, you'll be ready to go play. It's an infectious guy and does a great job. And, again, you can incorporate the EliteBaseball.tv training to whether you're 6, 16, 26, whether you're getting paid to play, whether you're going to school to play, whether you're just playing the game for fun. Tremendous stuff, of course, from all the gang up at Elite Baseball. Okay, that's going to do it for us this week. I'm going to remind everybody one last time to check us out at YouthBaseballTalk.com. Uh, again, you can subscribe to the podcast there, do your shopping on Amazon there, and, of course, you can listen to all the back episodes, and we do appreciate that as well. Social media, thank you so much to everybody that follows us on social media, but if you do not currently, find us on Twitter. We are at Podcast Baseball. The big ask, as always, is to go to Facebook, type in Youth Baseball Talk, uh, like our Facebook page, click Invite Your Friends, invite all your friends involved in this wonderful game to like our page as well. We'd like to have everybody involved in the conversation. Uh, make sure to find us on Instagram, Youth Baseball Talk, and, of course, check out lineupmedia.fm, fastest-growing podcast company on the planet. Happy to have my producers Brian Allen, uh, Brian Crock and Andrew Allen always involved in the show. They do such a tremendous job. I can't tell you what, where we'd be without them. Um, one last time, special thanks goes out to all of our partners. Of course, the theropetrainer.com. You've heard me say it, as John Smoltz says. Everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. Check out the theropetrainer.com today. PrecisionImpact.ca, our good friend Dirk Dombrowski, who brings you the PrecisionImpact.ca tip of the week. Um, I hope you enjoyed Dirk's uh, comments this week. I thought he did a great job, and again, I know you guys are really enjoying it. And, of course, uh, Kurt McNabb with his rope report brought to you by Dirtbag Baseball Nation. And, of course, once again, the theropetrainer.com. And my good friend and yours, Justin Stone, with his EliteBaseball.tv training tip of the week. For all of us here at Youth Baseball Talk, I'm your host, Jim Cromer. I leave you with a see you on the field. Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at YouthBaseballTalk.com, Facebook.com slash YouthBaseballTalk, or on Twitter at Podcast Baseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.